Are your stories about your family really true? Listen as the gals expose the roots of the family tree. Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClelland, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Hey, Krista. Hey, Catherine. What's shaking? What's well, shaking? I feel the earth moving <laughs> under my feet. I feel the, I feel the roots of the trees starting to <laughs> rumble from underneath the earth and get exposed for what's really under there. And by tree, are we talking family tree? We could be. That could be <laughs> what's happening. So all, what we noticed is that all of, anytime there's any uncertainty in the planetary system, that would be maybe an election or maybe um, a pandemic or any of those things, <laughs> uh, we always go searching for our safety and back to our roots to find out, you know, where do we come from and is this safe and are we going to be okay? And so... Um, we delved is- into this conversation with Krista <laughs> a little bit, and we got to some interesting places. So we start where you want to start, and let's take it away. Well, it's interesting what you just said, because when you said, oh, we look back to our roots for the safety, and I'm like, really? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I have ever felt like that family foundation was the safety net. I think I desperately, desperately wanted it to be, and then I've been like disappointed all these years that it wasn't the thing that I thought it should be. You know, it wasn't what all the other, you know, people got to experience. Well, you know, I think that actually is pretty much the truth. <laughs> when I think of anyone I know, not it's not we go searching for the safety, but it's because we haven't found it there. So I do think there's lots and lots of families um, where the safety isn't really there, but we right. put our safety there, which means we sort of turned ourselves into pretzels to become safe. And I'm thinking that might have something to do with your experience. Yeah, well, it's the whole first chakra thing, right? Because when we are born, we're taught that our safety comes in the tribe, our food, our safety, our nurturing, well, it shelter. Does. Right, it <laughs> does. Taught that. But it doesn't necessarily last forever. <laughs> and I think I thought that it did. <laughs> well, well, you know, one of the things that we're exploring, too, is what is safety? Like, how does that get, you know, just because... One person thinks safety is staying home and staying in the cocoon and staying in the family. It might not look like that to everyone. So when in the beginning, you could feel that way, like, oh, as a little kid, like this feels safe. But if your personality is different from your parents, you might have some difference of opinions around this that could cause some serious stuff. Because, yeah, the minute then I start doing something different, then all of a sudden it's unsafe in the family. So this is kind of um, piggybacking off of last week's episode when I was talking about wanting to make a really big decision for uh, my life, like possibly like moving out of the country and how it triggered some family members. And and since that conversation, I've realized that what I was probably really um, triggering in them is that their desire for me to be safe. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting because it's like, um, you know, it was my dad and he was he was like, 
genuinely concerned when he said like, oh, people don't, you know, people around here don't do that. Meaning like people my age don't go and sell their houses and move off to other countries. And and it really came down to when I got talking to him that he was really just concerned for my safety. And, um, and so, you know, and I can realize I didn't hear it that way originally, but (laughs) (laughs) we're pondering it further. Yeah. (laughs) And one of the things is that you, you might be thinking that your safety came from somewhere else. Like you might be thinking that when you were younger, you had to find your safety in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And, but when you start looking at the roots of your safety, they might not be in the same place. Yeah, so I think what's unfolding over these last couple of weeks is this, like, because I'm really um, looking at this family lineage and the belief systems and, you know, the things that I thought were my foundation, but I'm questioning them. And I'm in this, I feel like I'm in this final phase of surrender and release. And it doesn't mean I'm letting completely go of my family, but I kind of am letting go of needing them to be my safety. And so originally, you know, if I look back over my life, I think, oh, my safety came from my mom. Like she was my primary caretaker and she did everything for me. And we were really, really close. And my story in my head was that my dad abandoned me because they separated. He lived in a different place. Um, you know, he was close, but he, we weren't in the same household. And then um, we just didn't see each other as much. In my little mind, we never saw each other. You know, in his mind, he saw me every couple of weeks, which to me, it just wasn't what I wanted. So, in my mind, it was like, I never saw you. So, I had the story that he abandoned me and that my mom, you know, was the queen (laughs) in a way. And I depended on her a lot. And, you know, as I've gotten older, and I've told the story before about, you know, how things got strained between my mom and I when I went to college and how there was like a, a breaking apart, you know, between us. And ever since then, it's been this journey, this mother-daughter journey of trying to understand each other more and um, and at times even like each other. And at this phase in my life, as I, I'm still continuing to heal around it, I just had this like epiphany this week of like... I was having this moment where I was like, okay, this is it. I'm alone in the world. And it's not that I don't have tons of tribe of people around me and women around me and friends. It's not it, It's not that. It was just that this like feeling of I'm alone in the world, meaning my like a complete separation from my blood family and, um, and kind of grieving that. And also maybe feeling a little bit of relief around it. Because if I can let go of the dependency on it, then, man, I am really free to go and make these decisions in my life and not have to worry about anything or anybody. So there was something that happened that was a really big surprise for you because, and when you were younger even, um, was that in order to actually be yourself, the person you'd always identified yourself with had to be let go of. Because she wasn't exactly the same as you. Well, yeah, I really heavily identified with my mom, mostly probably because she was with me so much. And then when I would go to my dad's house, though, I, I knew it wasn't quite safe to to be that version of myself because, well, they divorced for a reason. So I better not be like her when I'm there and vice versa. When I'm with my mom, I better be like her. And since she's a primary caretaker, that part of me, um, you know, kind of took over. 
And so this realization recently, as I was having this night of, wow, I'm alone in the world. And I was like, none of my family really reaches out to me. And y'all, it's not like I'm doing the best job at reaching out to them either. I think, well, I'll take that back. I have had a history of reaching out and trying to connect with people in my family and then felt disappointment around it because it wasn't getting reciprocated. And I think at probably around 30, I just decided to stop. I was like, why am I wasting my energy trying to keep everybody together and engaged with me? Like, I'm done. So I'm at this stage in my life where I felt like, okay, I'm alone. And then I had this thought of like, wow, the one person that still calls me and I'm in conversation with and dialogue with is my dad. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. So, and even when we had a conversation that kind of triggered me last week, because I felt like he wasn't supporting me, he still calls again. And there's not a judgment behind what I'm deciding to do. And so the, like, the epiphany was, holy shit, my whole life, my whole story of my life has been based on this, like I was abandoned by my dad. And then realizing at this point, like he's the last man standing. <laughs> yeah. And then, and what did that lead you to, to really understand more about your own family and your own lineage that you weren't really connected to up until this point? Like you've been connected through your mom, but you're not quite like her. So yeah, it's I'm not kind quite of like confusing. her. It's sort of confusing when you keep trying to mirror off somebody that you're not really like. So it upsets them and it upsets you, right? Right. And so if I can't quite be like her and I trigger her, then it causes me not to want to be around her. And she then doesn't want to be around me because I disappoint her or I'm making choices she doesn't agree with. So then the relationship just kind of dissipates. Um, And I think in the past it was dissipating from a place of anger and hurt. And now it's kind of dissipating just in like a resolved kind of place of like, I am who I am. You are who you are. And let's just be at peace with that. So but when it's you thought, now, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, so now it's opened up this space where I don't feel responsible for her anymore and I don't res- feel responsible for my dad. And now I'm realizing, oh, there's so much in my dad's lineage that is similar to me. And no wonder I never felt that. Well, it was interesting because I think about four months ago, I had. Um, a great aunt. So, well, let's see. My grandmother's sister is so cute. She must be um, close to 90 and is on Facebook. And she comments um, every once in a while on my post. And I think I had maybe posted a pretty bold post at that time. And she made this um, comment that I was like my um, great grandmother, her mother. And because that, um, her mother was one of the, um, the leaders in like women's rights and always pushing the envelope and a little on the wild side and not letting anybody tell her what to do. And that would have been what in the early 19, you know, early 1900s. And hearing that sentence at that time, I was like, oh my God, that's so exciting to think that I'm not alone in the family in my way of thinking. But it didn't seed very deep. It was like, I heard it that day and I was excited to hear it and know it, but for some reason it didn't really land until um, my grandmother passed two days ago. And I was really having this like spiritual experience looking at a picture of her and really, um, you know, we weren't close. I wasn't brought up near her, but we've always had a, a deep heart connection 
So there were no, not a lot of words said between us, but whenever I'd see her, we would like look into each other's eyes. Even I remember this as a small child and we would just always cry around each other. And I think at certain times it was kind of obnoxious, like, well, no wonder we didn't get to know each other because all we did was like cry when we saw each other. And I think it was this like soul resonance. But so when she passed, it was for me, it wasn't like grief, like around her dying necessarily because it, it, because I didn't know her that well, but it was more of a grief around like a lost opportunity of, oh, maybe someone who was a lot like me Mm. or her lineage, because it was her mom that, you know, I've been told that we had a similar way of being in the world. It was like a lost opportunity to have a a real world connection with somebody who I would have felt maybe not like the black sheep of the family if I'd have known, if I'd have known her better. Yeah. So curious, right? It's like, um, it can happen in any family that we for, mm-hmm. we don't know who we actually are in relation to the people that we're defining ourselves by. So it's like you think you're your mom because you're a girl. You think you're, <laughs> yes. you know, that's part of it too, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a very similar experience with my father. And I had a, a fairly frictionous <laughs> relationship <laughs> with my dad. Yes, frictionous. <laughs> and um, it wasn't until the last really few years of his life that and and since that I've been able to admit how much I'm like him. Mm. And and wait, and, how much you like him or how much you are like him? How much I am like him. Oh, okay. And um and and the ways in which we're similar that I have to integrate into myself <laughs> as okay with me now. You know, like, oh, my dad's that way and I'm that way. And I always judged that about him. (laughs) Exactly. And, uh, (laughs) you know, now I'm like, oh, and it's me. So it's really interesting to start integrating. Maybe, you know, maybe the point is we have to integrate the other parent because, of course, there are things that are like you, like your mom. But the the one in you that is really expressing itself right now, which is, I want to go out in the world, I want to be free, I want to run, I want to play, I want to splash around, is actually more like your dad's lineage. But it's not actually so much like your dad. It's like your grandmother and your great-grandmother. And that's pretty cool. And so, but that's what's interesting about what he said when he said like, oh, well, people just don't do that. And I don't know, you know, if you met people in his area or people in our family, but it was just the idea that people, people in general, age, in general, at <laughs> women, my age, women, probably. women at my age, don't go out in the world and go travel and sell their houses and do that type of thing. And what I realized is, well, wait, my great grandmother being the wild woman that she was. And now I can even think back to my dad's, um, my dad's grandmother, who God, when would this have been? I don't even know. She was on a, she jumped a a train from Virginia, pregnant with my grandfather to escape her husband, her abusive husband, and got off in Kansas and then married, you know, my dad. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. Did she divorce? So it was like, she was a yeah, bigamist. They, oh, no, she was totally Yeah, No, no, no. I, like she, I don't, story. they might not this have been. This is the been. roots of the tree we were talking about. We're just finding them out. Exactly. And I'm just remembering that because that, because she's looked at as like the wild woman. Because that would have been from the dad's, uh, my grandfather's side, not from my, so I have those type of women from both the grandfather and the, the grandmother. These women wow. who did things like one jumps a train and just escapes, like unheard of. And then my grandmother's mom who traveled by herself 
like to foreign countries at a time in the mid-1900s where single women, I think, I mean, she must have been married and then he probably passed away. And then she decided to continue living her life, which meant traveling to other countries and taking tours. And I remember my grandmother, you know, going with her. And I remember going and seeing my great-grandmother at a nursing home and she had all of these dolls. Every time she went to a country, she'd buy one of those like um, Madame Alexandria dolls or a native doll to the area. So, she had dolls from all over the world. And I remember being fascinated with it. But it's just now in this moment, I'm realizing, wow, that's really representative of how brave and adventurous she was. Isn't that funny? Because it's sort of been a secret to you your whole life. And I think this one thing I think is super fascinating about this is how hard it is to actually claim a part of ourselves when we don't know where it came from. Like when, so as a teenager and as a young adult and all the things you were doing to try and establish yourself, there was a sense that your your lineage wasn't that. And so that you were off or peculiar or something was Mm -hmm. different about you than your family. It was just different than you from your mother. But you had this whole other family for whom it was not the slightest bit peculiar. And as a matter of fact, they'd been doing it long before you were born. And (laughs) there was um, really powerful reasons for you to be that way. And so for some reason, you set up this self-doubt, like, oh, am I really, like, is that really a good kind of person to be? And you had all this lineage that was like, (laughs) yes. And they were like up there in the in the hinterlands, in the ethers saying, go, Krista, go, take off, live your life. And you're thinking, I'm aberrant. I'm different. No one like, no one's like me like this, right? Well, and that's what came up when I was having the moment of like looking at my grandmother's picture, which you can look at my Facebook and see how adorable she is. Um, But when I was like, she's adorable. (laughs) And she looks like me, which is, you know, a a really deep connection. It's special. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's like when when really looking at her after she passed and looking at her picture, there was this moment where I heard her going, like, I see you, I love you, go, 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 be free. And it was this, like, overwhelming feeling that came over me of, like, all right, I, I not that I needed her permission, but it felt so good to have it because that's the thing I've been seeking. It's like I've been waiting for someone to say, you got this, Krista, go, we support you. And it's like, who does it come from? You know, <laughs> my dead granny. Well, it is so cool because I think I think the thing that I think is so cool about this is that it is who you are. It's always been who you are. It's been something you've questioned about yourself because you didn't recognize it in your lineage. And like, this is such a great reason to check into our backgrounds and our lineage and and to go back there and find out women have been doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing for a long time. And when they're in our lineage, we really get a different kind of support, even when they're not on the planet anymore, even when they're not here. It's like, wow, Krista, her whole life is in this questioning about herself as maybe this sort of wild renegade that she is. Mm-hmm. When, of course, she comes by it naturally, and even your mom didn't know that you came by it naturally. Possibly it wasn't really part of her experience with those people that she understood that they were kind of like out there. So when you started doing that, she wasn't like, oh, I see Aunt Bertha here, you know, or Aunt (laughs) Betty. Um, She didn't Because the last thing she would want would be for me to be like my dad's family, right? But I don't know that, but right? 
<laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, what I was having the aha moment around is like, we have, like, my dad's side does have a very wild side around them and the history, but it's the stories of the men that are passed down and celebrated. So, my um, great-grandfather was this wild guy, the one that the grandma was running, the one that was running. She was running from. She was running from him from Virginia to Kansas. He ends up in, like, I don't know, Montana or something. Anyways, he sees this guy in a plane in a field and says, hey, I'll give you some money to take me up in that plane. And there's an article I found when, when we were at USM and we were doing um, the family uh, genogram and we're, I was searching for information on my family. I found this article that was in an old paper and it quotes Lindbergh, Charles Lindbergh. And Charles Lindbergh said he took my grandfather and he said the name up in this plane and he drove or flew the plane over this little town and that my grandfather pulled out his gun and started shooting up the town below. <laughs> and when Charles Lindbergh was like, why are you doing that? He's like, well, I've sh- said something like, well, I've shot it up from the ground and now I shot it up from the sky. Or he said something like that. And so he has this like, there's this like legendary image of this man. Lunatic. This <laughs> lunatic, wild ass man, um, you know, the, and his story celebrated. And then we've got this woman who goes and travels and does this thing, and it's like not really talked about. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. This is such a great time to be owning these stories. So, you know, one of the reasons we're talking about this is, do you know your lineage? For mm-hmm. our for our audience, for you guys, it's like, do you know your lineage? Do you know who your grandmother and your great-grandmother were? Do you know what they were involved in? Do you know if they were politically active? Do you know if they were like you? You and know, are the stories that you think you know— really true. Right. And how are those stories that you think you know about yourself, you know, how have they affected your decision-making and the choices you've made in your life based on it? It's kind of like, if I think that I'm like my mom my whole life, and then I keep trying to make these decisions that are going to fit in and make her happy and make us get along and make, you know, ha- let there be peace. It's like, when I open up this part of my brain that goes like, oh, I've been trying to stuff myself in this box all these years, and now I don't have to. It's like, oh, I can embrace this wild side. And although my, that side of the family may have forgotten about it, I can start reminding them. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And and even your dad, who who made the statement of like, people don't do this in this day and age or whatever. It's like, oh, but yeah. 75 years ago they did. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it, it's and it, it's a way for you to kind of ground your self-respect yeah. and you're, you know, like honoring yourself and your truth. Like you've always been this way. You always knew it. So, you know, just checking in with our audience is like, what do you know about yourself that's always been true about you that you've never really like let yourself have and then really go looking around in your family like, wow, is that hiding in there somewhere? You know, I just, I think that part is fascinating that it's been there all along. You never saw it. You never knew where it came from. You sort of judged it in yourself. You didn't live (laughs) that. You went and got married a couple of times, had a bunch of kids, all that. And now, and, and pretty much appropriately now, there's this part of you that's like, let's go. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Because I feel as, more encouraged even for you from knowing this. <laughs> I think it's cool. 
Well, because I, you know, it is. I have judged myself a lot, and um, and now I can see I've been judging it through the lens of my mom. And it's like, of course, she's, you know, of course, this, my lifestyle doesn't fit in with her, and that's okay. Like now, I'm having an understanding that I can still go and make these decisions, and and she's going to be worried, and she's going to have her fears because that's her stuff, and. But I don't have to let that change what I'm going to do. And for a time there, when I first started having this like inkling of like, ooh, I might move, I, the first thing that went through my head is, oh, my God, my mom's going to be so disappointed in me. Mm. It was the first thing. It's so true. This is so cool. So because your parents got divorced so young, you know, your mom might not even know much about this, about your dad. And what I think is cool right. is you can educate your mom on who you are. By the way, Mom, I'm not like you. I just realized I'm actually like Dad's family, and this is who they are. And I know that might be disappointing because you get scared for me and stuff, but I, I can't do life the way you did it. I understand it really worked for you, but I've got to do it differently. I'm half Dad, and those women, <laughs> the reason they married all those crazy guys is because they also had a lot of this energy in them. That yeah. wanted to go. Spunky. They were, but they, they wanted to have adventures. They wanted to see the world. They wanted to. They so I'm going to light it up from the ground and I'm going to light it up from the sky. There I'm you not going to shoot it up. <laughs> I'm going to shoot yeah, it yeah, no, up. <laughs> no, I just, I, I love this conversation. I think this is so fascinating and, and how things that are in our lineage that we don't know can actually keep us from respecting ourselves and honoring ourselves. So if you have something about you that, you know, we have this story sometimes that we don't belong in our families, like, I don't fit in this family. How did this happen? Mm -hmm. And then you bump into the other person in your family that's just like you. And it's such a warm embrace of, oh, this is who I am. Well, this reminds me of something that came up last night. Um, in a group session was somebody, I was thinking about um, how we create evidence to support our stories. Yeah. So I can create all, I have created all kinds of evidence in my life that I was abandoned by my dad. Mm-hmm. And now I can switch and I can create all kinds of, you know, evidence that my mom was somehow keeping me from my dad in some way. And, you know, I can use these stories. I can even use these um family lineage stories to either bolster something I want to do or sabotage and save me from something that I think I want to do. Like, it's just interesting how we can, uh, we can manipulate this information to fulfill our desires or to make something feel okay. Yeah. And I think we do. I mean, I think we do that all the time. Stories are a big part of what we can ruin our life over. We can hold grudges. We can not forgive people for a story. No matter how many times they've tried to make it right, we can just keep going with it because it feels good to punish them. But what I just heard you say that I really loved was you could now make up stories about your mom keeping you from your dad, which would then create more distance from your mom. Right. And now you don't have to do that because you're like, oh, I love my mom, and she's, she is my mom, and she provided for me, and it was wonderful, and I'm so appreciative of that, and I have compassion about how much my life scares her, because she's uh-huh. not like me at all, but I don't have to make up a story that she did something wrong, right? and that's why yep. I don't know my dad. It's like, that's the way it played out, and now you're free to go find out about your dad and go find out about these women in his family and go do some research and go to 23andMe and find that all out. 
Because there is something in what you just said. Like, you know, they're even just today having this a little bit of awareness of, well, you know, if my mom was trying to protect me in some way or keep me close and, um, you know, the same way that she has maybe not always approved of everything that I've done, I can see and I remember hearing things when I was younger, my dad feeling like she didn't approve of some of the things that he did. So I could see why, you know, when I would spend time with my dad, or he, there was always a problem that came from it. Mm-hmm. So there was always some cleanup that she would have to do from me going over there, spending time. Something always happened. Even if it was just like him taking us out boating and he'd bring me back completely sunburned and then she'd have to deal with the mess. So there's that. You know, there's there's things like that that, um, you know, in her, I know she was trying to protect me. and I, But maybe in this disapproving energy toward my dad, I think he kind of felt like, well, I keep fucking it up, so I might as well just kind of stay away or not spend as much time because every time we spend time together, it's kind of a mess. So I could see how no one's doing it on purpose, but maybe that weaved in a bit. And so then what happens? I think that he somehow abandoned me. Right. And you don't don't feel like she somehow communicates to you maybe he wasn't caring for you or something because she's a mother and he's a father and they do that very differently, right? (laughs) And when there's a break in the relationship, kids can't see that moms and dads are different. They just think those people are different and then they're angry and upset with each other. So I do think, I do think this is a really place where you're going to have a, you're going to have a great chance to do some forgiveness work around the stories around both of your parents and to get free completely and then get to dive into these ladies who are in your lineage, who you really are like. And I would just say one thing is, you look like them. They don't look like you. Just, you said that earlier. And I was like, no, they, they you look like they, them. They came first. <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed when you said, and they look like me. And I was like, um, no, you look like them. But <laughs> I just think, I think this is so cool. Chicken, like, egg. Chicken, chicken egg. Chicken egg. <laughs> I think you can just like work through your stuff with your parents and open this field and look for whoever else in your life and in your lineage is like you and just like write the story and and well, find it out. I think it's just so brilliant. And like not allowing our lineage to limit us. No, this lineage is actually helping you see yourself. Yeah. It's yeah. not it's not about your mom and dad. But I anymore. think I was limiting oh, because for sure. Because the side was the wild side, and we knew that that was the wild side, and it was deemed a wild side, which means there was somehow some negative connotation behind it. Well, there was that. Then to be wild, I knew it was going to come with some disappointment. So that lineage, I was using it to limit myself as like, oh, your mother's lineage. Yeah. Yeah. I was limiting my dad's lineage within me because it was deemed bad. I see, I see. On right. the other side. So if you had the wild side, then you were bad too. Right. So you were right. covering that up a little because so you didn't want to be bad. Covering that up. <laughs> now you know. You just came by it naturally, and even your dad <laughs> came after those wild ladies. So, you know, I can see them out there getting the vote and out there, mm-hmm. you know, just doing all those amazing things that were done around the turn of the century when they were young women. And then traveling and doing all those. It's just fabulous. It's so exciting. And... Ladies, let's find out who's in your past and where can you free yourself up from a story you've made up about who you are in your family Mm 
And Mm -hmm. even if you can't find those people in your lineage, it's got to be in a past life somewhere. So don't worry about (laughs) it or just make it up. Because whatever we can do to really encourage ourselves to live as who we are and not limit ourselves because maybe there's going to be some disapproval. I love that you found this, Krista. I love that this story has come through you. And um, I see. It just feels like the timing around it is like incredible because it is, it's like this this moment where I was like craving this boost from the family. And, and, you you know, I was struggling with like letting, finally letting go of this like last piece. And I know I say last piece, and there's always like another little (laughs) thing. 2,000 more last pieces. Yeah. But as I'm like really, Coming into 2021 with this like new adventure on the horizon, it does feel very fitting that these old sides of me have to kind of just, I don't want to say die, uh, but dissolve. dissolve. They just, they want to dissolve so that some fresh energy and some fresh life and fresh ideas and fresh people and views and experiences can have some space to come in and like feel good. Well, what's so funny is it's like your new experiences are based in your ancestry. Like you're mm-hmm. letting those stories support you is almost like, and this is when we talk about the accordion of the time and space. Ha ha ha, I get to bring it in here. <laughs> but the accordion of the time and space com- con- continuum, sorry, is like we what what is happening in what moment? You're touching into an eternity of this, this like, streak of gold through life that now can carry you, you know? And it's like, oh my God, I've been this person all along. And all of a sudden there's all this energy freed up for you to actually be yourself. And it's just fun to know that your people are like this. Yeah. It's given me this like spark of energy and almost, um, it's not validation. It's just this like, it's like this little piece has clicked in. Like, oh. I knew it all along. But I, I didn't. knew it all along. <laughs> yeah. I knew this was me, but I didn't know how to validate it. I rejected it in me. Because I'd heard these stories. That's the thing. I'd heard these stories. It's not like I didn't know this information. It's just right. that at this moment in my life, I, I see the importance of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's so exciting. And, you know, women, you can claim anybody in your lineage because we are all in each other's lineages. And sometimes we, I notice we claim witches and we are hurt about what that lineage did for us and how it keeps us small from, you know, those kinds of things. But there's also amazing, amazing lineage. And for instance, my lineage has kings and queens in it, which led me to a long (laughs) (laughs) course, Might have hillbillies shooting up to the the towns. And and Catherine says queens and kings. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and of course I was named after my whole, my whole family. Every single person was named after a king or queen of England, but we're English in first generation, second generation American. My mom was first. So that makes sense. But then when you think about what those queens went through and some of the experiences in my life and how I've had experience of betrayal and how many of these queens, some of them named Catherine, were thrown off the throne, so to speak, and beheaded Mm -hmm. and kept in towers. And, you know, there's some crazy stuff out there, you know. And so it's, it's been a wild ride to claim that part of my ancestry also. And to really, this is where shamanism is fun. So we're going to leave you with that today because we're not going to go all the way back there today. But shamans can take you back into your lineage in a way that you would not normally go back into it and um, really, really flood you with some wild stories about your life that will come up through you. They won't tell them to you. You tell them. Right. But anyway, so it has I have one more little— 
Go ahead. So I thought you were going to wrap it up. I was like, I got one more little story. (laughs) Just because um, after last week's episode, I had a friend from about 20 years ago reach out to me and she'd listened to the episode. And it was, you know, the morning after my grandmother died. So it was like really this moment of like, okay, God, where's where's my team at? And it was so sweet to receive a message from her. And the message was about how great of a mother I am and how much I've done for my kids. And and then she told the story of her mother when 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 she turned 18, her mother left and like sailed around Mexico or something for two years. And the greatest thing that she said was that it gave her sister and her like she realized like her mother was teaching her that she's responsible for her own happiness. It was such an example of that. And it was like the just the sweetest thing to hear on that morning and like just the thing I needed, um, another one of the things I needed to really bolster myself as I go out into the world. And um, I just really appreciate when the listeners, you know, give us feedback and let us know they're listening and have these little stories to share with us because we share so much of our lives to try and inspire people and help people heal. And I really, um, you know, love that she was giving back in that way. And um, it was really touching. Yeah. Yeah. And so here's something I want everyone to notice, because this is, this is part of living in the spiritual context in your life. What happened last week was that Krista asked for the support she needed. She was desperate for some support. She wasn't getting it from her family. She was really feeling out on a limb. And she's like, help, somebody show up for me. <laughs> and, you know, she may have even said it like that. It might not have been like the perfect prayer or anything like that. No, I did it in the bathtub. I was, I was looking at my grandma's picture and I was just like, God, I'm alone here. Show me the way. Yeah. So and it was like the next day that text, you know, arrived. And another text from another friend that was like these gorgeous letters of affirmation and what I'm doing in the world and supporting me and even saying, I love you, I see you, you know, just really super sweet things. So, to your point, it's like, you know, God showed up like instantly and said, yeah, you might not be getting it from your blood family, but look at these people who've known you for 30. Yeah. Right. So, you, since you live in the spiritual context— it doesn't matter who it is that's going to show up for you. You're going to say, I need mm-hmm. support. And the universe is going to call it in to bring it to you from the places it is. So now you have it from lineage of your great, great grandmother. You yeah. have it through your father that's made you look at that relationship even differently. And you've got it from friends and other people in your life who I know have showed you. up for you. Oh, and me. <laughs> um, but all from you asking. And so what I was saying is like, you don't have to ask in the perfect way. You don't have to ask in a way that sounds like a prayer or something like that. You're just like, hey, dude, need some help here. Or, you know, hey, universe, I feel like I'm not being supported. I know this feels right to me. So I would love to know where my support is and know that you're always supported. So we just want you to to be able to get that piece of this is the point of the spiritual life is that it's a context that you live in that you actually find out that you're loved and supported no matter what you do, where you live, or who you are. You just deserve it, and you get it that way. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up with that today and uh, tell you how much we love you and appreciate Krista even more on her wild, wild journey of her life. And... As we always say, yeah, (laughs) thanks for listening. And as we always say, spread spread the the love. love.